All right, welcome back to another very special episode of The Script is Better, because this is our first Christmas episode. Woo! Woo! And what better movie to do than Bill Murray's 1989 film, The Scrooged. (laughs) Scrooged. Not the, yes. just Scrooged. <laughs> the Scrooged. The Scrooged. The Scrooge name. Or as the script calls it, Scrooge. No D. It just called it Scrooge. No D. <laughs> uh, uh, and they met with the, the founder of Napster and he said, add a D. What? <laughs> what? Oh, that's the social network joke. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah. a deep cut. Drop I was the, like, what are you talking about? Hilarious. <laughs> Drop the the. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Yeah. It's <laughs> great. Yeah, I think we we chose this film for, for a specific, uh, special reason. It's not because uh, we're not doing the, the normal formats of, uh, of just doing films that we have not seen. This is a film that we both watched Probably countless times. Yeah, uh, we grew up with it. It's a great film. Uh, what 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 have you? What do you remember loving about Scrooged in general? Before we get into the script, uh, the ghosts are so much fun, and I think just seeing Bill Murray be, I don't know, just go on that character journey was really nice, and to see where he came from was was cool because he's often like a cool guy in mm. movies, so I liked seeing him be not so cool. Okay. Yeah, and like okay. the cabbie ghost and the fairy are just like the best. <laughs> so mm. good. So good. I get. Yeah. I guess when what I think of like? like Groundhog Day, just it just talked about uh, okay. uh, about what you said about Bill Murray being a cool guy. I guess when you when you think about something like Groundhog Day, he's an angry guy and lots of foolish things happen to him. But I guess he is still cool in yeah. the midst of everything. Yeah. Like he's he's suave. He's even suave in this when he's the power guy like in his position. He's like mm. cool. But then when you see where he came from as lumpy, you're like, "Oh, <laughs> I like this." I think I liked just the way it all comes together. I like the the way it was filmed, the way the over the topness of it, the characters, uh, not only Bill Murray, but Oh, I forget his name. I'll I'll have it for when we actually play when we actually watch the film. But the character who's like the kind of an antagonist to Bill Murray because he gets he gets fired at the beginning and then gets shit on oh, throughout it. Bobcat uh, Goldwaite. Yeah, 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 exactly. Bobcat. Yeah. So I like the character that he plays. I, I liked everything. Yeah. You know, I, I actually had a problem with the ghost that uh, I'll, I'll bring up. Maybe a little. No, I'll bring it up now. It's not really a problem. It's that they they made the first ghost like quintessentially New York in being a cab driver, and then none of the other ghosts are like that. They're just they're all their own thing, which is fine. They weren't doing a New York thing, but it's it felt like this film was so much like Scrooge in New York, Scrooge in New York, and they made one ghost a New York ghost, and then none of the others a stereotypical New York ghost. What? A good find. I didn't think about that at all. Yeah. Yeah. How would you have made the fairy? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I have no idea. I, when I I'm not from that, New York, though, thought, okay? I don't know New York. I just... When I said, how would you have made the fairy in New York? I'm like, oh, I just want, like, Bill Hader's character from 
SNL when he plays that guy that knows where all the parties are. Like that's what Stefan or something. St- uh, you're right. You're yeah. right. Yeah. I mean, uh, like 15 or 20 years too too late, but <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's let's get into the actual script. Uh, it was written by Mitchell Glazer and Michael O'Donohue. And yeah, there's a lot of really cool stuff here. What did you like about the script? It was weird because I was trying to read it in a way where it was not like, ooh, I know this movie so well. This is different, and this is different, and this is different. And just take the mm-hmm. script as yeah, it was. We, and mm-hmm. so like in reading it, I wouldn't say I was necessarily like blown away by the writing style or anything like mm-hmm. that. It was just, it, it was like, a this is like a script that I would be like, cool, this is like a seven, do one more pass to punch everything up. But I think what like happened was that the characters, the actors brought so much to it that it became phenomenal. But if I was, yeah, if I was just taking the script off uh, just for the read, it wasn't like too enjoyable or no, sorry. It wasn't like blow me away. It was enjoyable, but it wasn't blow me away. And there were some parts where I was like, oh, I feel like you're like milking for a joke here and Mm. stuff that could have been cut away. Like, I guess one specific time that they did that was, it was like near the beginning where Elliot comes to Frank and he's like, excuse me, what does this ad have to do with Scrooge? Because Frank has just shown this like horrifying ad that he wants to run to get more people to watch their live uh, broadcast of Scrooge. And they go back and forth for a little bit, all for a joke at the end. That's just to get Frank to say it'll scare the Dickens out of them. And I was like, (laughs) It's a funny joke, but it's like a lot of dialogue, like more back back and forth than I thought was needed to get to that joke. So yeah, just a few times in the script like that, I was like, ah, you could have got this and just gotten to your joke. And and especially for the payoff, because it wasn't that hilarious. I don't know. <laughs> they don't really say Charles Dickens, I don't think, anywhere else in the, in the script, do they? So even to, oh yeah, no, they do. They said it like... <laughs> they said it like seven <laughs> times before this one so never mind every page yeah oh. <laughs> it's a charles it's huge. yeah yeah so the script was like yeah it was it was good but i like wanted to mm-hmm. be blown away and i was just like okay the voice of the writer isn't really in the narrative or anything like that yeah uh, yeah I, I agree that there's the voice of the narrator isn't in the narrative i did find that there's a lot of detail in the description of the script and i think part of that it must come like i think this script was closer to the shooting uh, than some of the other scripts that we've read, but part of it is just that in the way the the writers style, that like they the way they write themselves, I think they put a lot of a lot of detail in there because I could visualize things really well from reading the script. And you know, part of that's just because I've actually seen the film. But right, uh, I, I did try not to picture Bill Murray being the yeah. character the entire time. <laughs> but yeah, uh, what about Marlon Brando though? <laughs> I didn't even remember Marlon Brando was in this. He's not. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I He's mean, I, I guess you write write the script the way you want uh, for with who you want to be in it, but yeah. don't expect. Yeah. They wanted uh, Marlon Brando to play Scrooge. I was like, what? I don't even remember who the Scrooge character is in this. Like, I didn't. I thought like the only big seen. names were like, yeah. Bill Murray and Bobcat and like the guy who plays Bryce and, and the love interest. And, and I guess the ghost as well 
yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I honestly don't remember those, those other characters, the Scrooge characters at all. So, uh, we'll, we'll, I mean, we'll, we'll talk more about differences when we actually get to the seeing the film because maybe they're in there and we don't even remember. But yeah. yeah. There's, I do want to speak to just the quality of the writing in that a scene I've already seen, like Frank being worried over Calvin the first time he actually, not the first time he gets to see Calvin, but when the ghost of Christmas present. I think it was, yeah, Christmas present brings them to uh, Gloria's house and they get to see Grace's house, I should say, not Gloria, Grace's house. And they get to see her son, Calvin, and the way the way he interacts with his siblings and, and, the, and he learns the pain that he's gone through. I did I did feel something like I, 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 I got something out of that scene uh, yeah. emotionally. <laughs> That's such a dude way to say it. I got something out of that emotionally. <laughs> but yeah yeah i did feel something like that. that's good just being able to read that and especially having seen that already yeah yeah for sure all of the calvin stuff hit pretty hard and and just grace's life in general i would say like the the kind of like cramped living space that they, they've got going on based juxtaposed against like even what james has which and he's not that much more well off than than they are necessarily but just like that and then going against all all the riches that Frank has, it was good. Tugged at those yeah. heartstrings. <laughs> I did like that uh, they played, they had care, uh, excuse me, Frank as a character that was like in the book Scrooge, uh, Scrooge is kind of like the top of the uh, top of the totem pole, right? Yeah. Uh, and in this, Frank is kind of the top of the totem pole, but he's, he's one level down. And so you get to see him not only be like the boss and everyone fawning over him, but then he quickly changes to just like another peon, fa- uh, like trying to fawn over his boss and like do whatever his boss wants him to do. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Gives it another layer. I found that they also brought something like that to the ghosts because the cabbie at one point says, uh, Frank is like saying that, the cabbie has the wrong guy and the cabbie's like that's exactly what attila the hun said and i was like mm. oh so these ghosts don't just exist for scrooge like they're implying that these ghosts help a lot of other people like get towards being a better person and i thought that was cool too like bringing something different to it i just assumed from the charles dickens one that like they existed solely for scrooge and that's it oh interesting yeah do you think the ghosts are supposed to be like uh angels I mean, well, in this one specifically, like, Herman becomes an angel. So... Right. Yeah, I don't know. In that, like, Star Wars, like, Ewok party <laughs> scene at the very oh. ending. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Literally, you see the ghost, like, just <laughs> looking down on this big party happening. I was like, hey, Darth Vader, <laughs> what up? <laughs> <laughs> Talking about that that party scene, like, I, I, I we'll talk... Again, I keep saying we'll talk about differences next time, but, man, that... I'm gonna I'm gonna really need to talk about that song ending, yeah. Because uh, that that's like that's a big moment in the movie. Oh yeah, give it a little love, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Bring no, you. no worries. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Are they angels? Do you have an opinion? On? Are they angels? I like. I think if I was just to like look at the if I was to study this uh, film and like the accompanying book, yeah. uh, Scrooge, I would probably like. Like, just to analyze it, I would say, like, they aren't explicitly named angels, but they serve in every capacity as the same thing as angels. And maybe I would compare it to, what's that movie? Is it not as good as it gets? Uh, what's that Christmas movie where he, he, he's going to commit suicide and then he's, 
gets to see his entire life if he wasn't alive. What? You know exactly. Like that was a perfect description of what this movie is. I mean, um, I want to see that movie. I don't know. No, if... you know it. You you like I seen do? this movie? Uh, yeah. Wants to commit suicide and then he sees his life as if he wasn't there. Wow. You. It's a wonderful life. Oh. <laughs> I couldn't remember the name of it. That, that was a perfect description me, of it's a wonderful said, life. What is is a wonderful life about? I would not have said that, but that's totally what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> Every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. Yes, so that one is fully angels. Yeah, and so he, the guy in It's a Wonderful Life, the angel in It's a Wonderful Life, plays the exact same role as the angels in this, right? Or the ghosts in this. True, true, true. But I will say that the cabbie influences some people in a negative way. And I don't know if angels necessarily would do that. Like his, Like his driving directly affects other people whereas like the fairy and the demon looking guy didn't affect anyone else they really played fast and loose with that eh? like when <laughs> the ghost would be seen or be affected or affect other people yeah yeah uh, like the demon the ghost the the last one the death ghost he, he frank meets him at the elevator and he's like scared of him and then it turns out that that's not the 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 ghost the third ghost but then that we follow that ghost to his dressing room and it turns out that that is the ghost okay so i thought that was like a bait and switch i thought that it was like the person who was like in the elevator wasn't the ghost and then somehow there was like a scene cut switch or something and and it's just that they're in the same costume but i did like that in the script we see him like peeling off the layers of like this character that he's playing in the actual tv show so i don't know yeah just to talk about the Sorry, I, I felt you got to see a lot of the world and it was cool that they, they could build things up. I did find that just because of the nature of the story, you didn't necessarily get to linger on certain characters as much as I would have wanted. I like, what, for instance, just like uh, Grace's life, like Grace as a character and her life. Like I, anytime we had a scene with her, I was just like, I want to see more of this, even though it doesn't fit, like it's not the movie. We're, yeah. we're supposed to be following Scrooge. I, I do want to see more of just Grace's family and Grace's life and what she's dealing with. Yeah. You could see this being like a limited series TV show, maybe? Like just one maybe, season? Maybe, yeah. I, I, don't know, I don't know how ghosts and stuff would fit into it in that case, or if it would just be like <laughs> completely separate. Um, just them le- uh, leading their life. Wait, also, has anyone done Scrooge in a limited series TV show? <laughs> Are we doing it? <laughs> We are we doing it? I don't know if we have the budget to do something. I'm doing it. I'm writing it. Okay, go do it. Make it back. All right. Uh, and then also the the relationship with Claire. Like I like what they were they were going for that. He, like he's a changed man and stuff, and like he's finally seeing his love. But like it, for one thing, it always rang false. Uh, like yeah. some things rang false for me. Like he, he's treating people like shit all the time, and Claire's just like, her. oh, but he's a good guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like her her life like stops and starts at him. Like he literally mm. calls, she shows up. He shows up at her work, she considers leaving. And then he says something on TV and she rushes to his work again. It's like that's their only interaction and yes you guys do have a have a history together. Okay, but like he said it was 15 years ago and right now in the present you're able to just drop everything that you're doing numerous times for this person have you just wait mm-hmm. been waiting for this person to call i don't know if that's going to be a healthy relationship 
No, exactly. Another one that happens is uh, when we get to see the when the ghost of Christmas future shows him his future. You see that her entire life is changed based off of one line that he says to her that that she's uh, like some kind of chump in some ways. Uh, Yeah. And suddenly she's like cold to all children and she's all about money and she's she's, like plastic. It's so weird. Yeah. No one's going to change their entire life based off that. Like you've devoted your life to helping people and suddenly just one line is enough to like, all right, I'm just a a shitty person now. You were in the Peace Corps. (laughs) You were in the Peace Corps and an ex-boyfriend was like, shake him off. And you were like, okay. Yeah, exactly. Uh, do you did you see that Frank is supposed to be thirty eight in this film? I did see that. Yes. Yeah, I always and pictured... Bryce is supposed to be twenty seven. Interesting. Yeah, that's very young. Uh, <laughs> I I always pictured because it was Bill Murray, especially I was like he's older, like forties, I... maybe fifties. Right, but he might have actually been thirty eight at the time of filming this because, uh, like, I think it's just because we were we're younger than him that he just permanently looks older than us. Mm, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Like in our minds, it's just like a trick of the mind. Yeah. But definitely his relation, like his age difference between Bryce, I thought was interesting. I was like, there is no way the actor that plays Bryce in that, in this movie is 11 years younger. No, it's true. It's true. He's they're closer to closer in age for sure. But it also means that Frank was 23 when he had when he last saw Claire and they had their relationship. And I think she was a teenager because I Oof. think he's supposed to be a little bit older than her. Yeah, true. That's a long, like a long period of your life to not see a person for one thing. And to like that's that'll be like maybe like I want to say like maybe their first meaningful relationship yeah. uh, together in their life. But then that's like so long ago. Like, I don't know. It, it it just seems really like a strange strange that they have still have that kind of connection. Again. Yeah. Yeah. Like who you are at twenty three is not who you are at thirty eight. Exactly. Well, that's that's pretty much all I've got to really say about this. Do you have uh, some more stuff? I think everything else I want to talk about it will be saved for differences. Yeah. So let's let's watch the movie. All right. Merry Christmas. this week's question i want to know john what are your favorite non-christmas christmas movies so that could be like five minutes of the film is christmas or it can be the whole thing takes part at christmas but they just don't talk about it okay I, i'm gonna name two it's gonna be it's gonna have to be one that one of the movies that you had mentioned before is gonna be gremlins all takes part over christmas and you know they're talking about christmas the entire time but it's really about the gremlins going and doing the crazy things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Nightmare Before Christmas, which kind of straddles the line between a horror movie, a Christmas movie, a children's claymation movie. Uh, and, you know, it is heavily about Christmas, but it's, it's about other things, too. And uh, I, th- I think I really enjoy it. I'm going to say that there are things that people will argue are Christmas movies that I'm just like, I'm not... I'm not even a big fan of this movie in general, and I'm going to bring it up after. Okay, so I am shocked that those are your two picks, because I fully thought you were going to say Die Hard. Is that the movie you're talking about, that people are so like, it's a Christmas movie, and you're like, "Mm, no, it's not. Maybe it it can be considered a Christmas movie, but I'm just like, for one, it's not one of my favorite uh, Bruce Willis films. 
And for another, I'm just like, it's so tangential towards Christmas. Basically, it's like this is happening on Christmas Eve, I think. And that's its only connection. Only connection. Like, at least with Gremlins and with Never Before Christmas, like there are heavily like Christmas things going on. I'm just diehard. I'm I'm coming across. I'm I'm going on the other side of the line here, other side of the fence, whatever you want to say. I'm saying not a Christmas movie. Not a Christmas movie. All right. You heard it here. So nobody can argue otherwise. <laughs> well, everyone can argue otherwise. I do not own the internet. <laughs> yeah. I guess, so for me, mine is You've Got Mail. It's definitely not a Christmas movie, <laughs> but they do spend part of the movie at Christmas. And I really enjoy it. I love that movie so much. So just, yeah. When Meg Ryan's character talks about Christmas, it always makes me feel warm and fuzzy. So I really like that. And also another one I did, I'm surprised you didn't bring up. Batman Returns. Oh, sure, sure. How much does it actually take place at Christmas, though? Not, like not so much, but it's that yeah. the like the penguins plan like threatens the children and, and because of Christmas. So sure, yeah, sure. there's the tree lighting ceremony in it. You know, it's true. It's, yeah, it's Christmassy a little I bit. And there's another one. I mean, if we're just gonna talk about Tim Burton films, uh, didn't Edward Scissorhands have some Christmas stuff? Yes. Exactly, it did. It fully did. I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm starting to think that uh, that Tim Burton, just in general, likes Halloween and Christmas a lot, and he likes mixing yeah. them together. Yeah, but he doesn't want to like say like I really enjoy Christmas, so he's like, I'm, I'm just gonna make it spooky. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's how yeah. he He's the guy in in the mall in November when Christmas music starts playing. He's like, Yeah, I'm digging this finally. Yes. <laughs> yeah we you know there there's a film it doesn't i don't think it's a lot on christmas but we were considering doing when harry met sally too which had some new year's elements in it not quite christmas but still around that season yeah um, yeah yeah i like meg ryan and i like billy crystal too yeah so there you go okay so, christmas movies nice. that aren't christmas movies that's right should that's be. right what should be a christmas movie what should be christmas movies okay if we're if we're talking about movies that I think should come out that should be Christmas movies, I'm going to say Gremlins three. Oh, for sure. Unsurprisingly. <laughs> Just think of New Year's. Oh, oh, you think Gremlins three should be a New Year's movie? Yeah. Wait, isn't the second one a New Year's? Uh I don't think it's a New Year's. No, I think it's just like generic day. They're in New York, and there's no snow. Oh, okay. Okay, let's get back to the episode. Yeah. Okay, and here we're back to our bonus Scrooge episode. We are we have now watched the film after evaluating the script, and we are ready to get into it. Beck, what did you think about Scrooge for the millionth time? <laughs> I mean, I love it. I love this movie. <laughs> I think I watched it a little differently this time, like through the lens of, oh, wow, Claire's character is like really hard done by. But, but yeah, I still really enjoyed it. I think Bill Murray is just hilarious. So I had a good time with it. <laughs> he, he is really good. Yeah. Do you think, he, so yeah, you, you looked at it differently. That, that's, that's very cool. I enjoyed it as well. And there are things I paid attention to that I don't normally do when I'm watching it. Like, uh, and maybe I would have caught this anyway, but it was the film, uh, the, excuse me, the music uh, yes. really caught my attention right from the start. I'm like, I recognize this music 
And I'm like, this reminds me of a Tim Burton film. And then uh, what would you know? I look it up and it's Danny Elfman, of course. Mm. Uh, And Danny Elfman does so many of Tim Burton's films. He also did, uh, well, for one, he did the Batman films, the first two. He did like the Alice films. He's done a bunch of stuff with Tim Burton. Uh, uh, What's it called? Um, Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay, so... Bill Murray auditioned to be the Joker in Batman. So I wonder if oh, interesting. <laughs> I wonder if there's a connection there too. If they were like, let's just make it like <laughs> the Batman. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> there there's a lot I want to get into behind the scenes on the line. Uh this this film was directed by Richard Donner. And surprisingly, it apparently has some mixed reception and pretty low ratings in reviews. Yeah, Roger Ebert said it was the worst adaptation of A Christmas Carol he's ever seen. Which is insane, right? Like, it's, I don't know if it's just, it became a cult classic over time, but like, this seems like such a quintessential uh, Christmas film and so well done. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, like, reading a little bit about Bill Murray's account of things, I can see how mm. there was an idea of how great it was going to be and it didn't necessarily hold up to what they wanted it to. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe there is like, a better version out there, but I still fucking love it. Yeah, I think uh, Bill Murray is no, he's not someone who's going to be quiet about his feelings about something. And so I, I'm not surprised that he criticizes it if it wasn't exactly what he, he envisioned going into it. But I, mm-hmm. I really do think it's a strong film regardless. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's got unique elements. It's got puppet tree in in some ways it's got great actors and a, a fun story like yeah 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 so i mean what are some things you you loved about the film i guess we can start with i think i like really enjoyed the parts that were quite obviously bill murray's improv like i just i think mm-hmm. he did a great job and like there are just like some lines there that are like what like there's <laughs> a scene when he so when He comes across Herman, who is now deceased, and he's in that, like, sewer kind of area with him. Right. His his line that he says is, this is nice, where are we, Trump Tower? And I was like, amazing, (laughs) amazing. And then there's another part where he's, like, offering Lou some vodka, and he's like, Russian vodka poisoned by Chernobyl. I was like, hilarious, like, where is this (laughs) stuff coming from? Uh, Yeah, so I, I... Really loved him. And also, I really loved Grace. I thought she was so great. And I wish she had a bigger part in the film. I thought I thought her face was so expressive. The way she reacted to him was, was amazing. I, yeah, I thought that she was like a very good counter to him. And was able to like even steal some of those scenes. Yeah, she's a very great actress. She She's done a lot of different work since then. Alfrey Woodard. She was in what well, one thing that I uh, distinctly remember her in was uh, the first season of Luke Cage, where she plays uh, a congresswoman who is siblings with the the corrupt business owner in in a nightclub owner in in the place, and she ends up uh, killing her brother. Spoilers, <laughs> <laughs> right? And then she takes over, and she really has a spiral downward over the over the two seasons. She, I think. Uh, she wasn't able to shine the way she can in that series because Luke Cage wasn't necessarily the best, but uh, she's, she's definitely great in this and in other things. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely fun to see uh, a young Alfrey again. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And then Carol Kane, of course, always fun. 
Yes, uh, in the Ghost of Christmas Present role. Yes, and you got to. Uh, I read accounts that apparently she she was in tears between takes of having to beat up Bill Murray. Yeah, I read that too. She really didn't like having to beat him up. I think that I oh, think that's geez. funny. I think that gives that character like a another layer. Like if you think of her as the character and her doing all of that with just a smile on her face, but secretly hating doing all of it, it's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, it's true, eh? Yeah. But she does it so well. She does it yeah. so well. There also the Ghost of Christmas past. Uh, it was actually he's actually a famous singer. His name's uh, David Johansson. Yeah. Uh, He's sung on, like, so many things. Like, his, like, singing, his performer um, resume is much longer than his, like, acting resume. And it's all very yes, impressive like stuff. He, for sure. Yeah, he is a singer first, I think. Uh, apparently, there there was some behind-the-scenes drama for, for him and his bandmates, uh, Arthur Kane. Oh, what's uh, that? Apparently, just seeing the role that David Johansson had such a prominent role in the film, his bandmate, Arthur Kane, uh, attempted suicide over it. Like, I guess there was a lot of jealousy there or maybe just like some depression. Wow. They, there's obviously a lot of things behind this. Mm-hmm. That, like he probably already had lots of depression in his life in general. Yeah. Yeah. So lots of interesting parts. I, I agree with the, with the improv. Uh, I, I liked just the, the small moments of improv where he, he walks past the impressionist uh, painting of uh, of a woman and he's like, mother, help me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I'm sure Bill Murray was friends with Richard Pryor, but I was like, ooh, that's that's kind of dark to say that. He, he There's a there's a guy uh, who Bill Murray sees as being lit on fire uh, yeah. in a restaurant at one point and he's like flailing around and Bill Murray... Uh, throw some water on him, and it turns out that the guy's not on fire. And then he's he's like, "Oh, uh, sorry, I thought you were Richard Pryor." I was like, "Ooh, okay, that looks a little know dark." About this. I had to look it up. So he lit himself on fire when he was freebasing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so I don't. Yeah, that came out. I guess it was. He was just like, "Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna riff on <laughs> on this with Richard Pryor." Yeah. So last time. Beck, we, we mentioned all these apparently star, apparent stars that were supposed to appear in this film. And we're like, I don't remember Marlon Brando in it. And, you know, there was no Marlon Brando, but there were a lot of like cameos of people who just like one one little scene there and here and there out. Uh, and it was quite star studded realistically, right? Yeah. Like in the script, it said we were going to see Chuck Norris in that opening scene. And I knew that he wasn't in this. I was fully like, I don't remember him. But instead, we got Lee Majors, who is the $6 million man. Yeah. Famous 1970s TV series. Uh, We also had Bob Goulet. Yes. Expected. Who was singing Silver Bells and not the little drummer boy, like in the script. One tiny change. Ah, tiny change. Well done. Well done. Mimi from the Drew Carey show, who's uh, the actress's name. I don't have... She was the nurse who helps the censorship woman. Yes, I remember that. The I didn't catch the star of Scrooge, like the character who played Scrooge, but I know I recognized his face. Oh, I have his name. It is Jamie Lou Barr. Ah, okay. Okay, yeah. So I've definitely seen him in different things. It was a fun little cameo-filled film, even to the point where uh, Bill Murray's three brothers were in the film. 
Yes. Uh, I only yeah. recognized one of them. I, they, I, I went... They were in the past. I saw his brother play his dad. And I was like, oh, fully, I know. Yes. That's who your brother is. And I only know that because of Groundhog Day. Because he plays the guy who brings Punxsutawney Phil out of out of his box. Right. Oh, good catch. I didn't remember that. But now when you say it, yeah, I can definitely picture the two two actors, two characters being the same actor. Mm-hmm. Do you know who the other two were then? I looked up that... James, his brother, in the film is actually his brother. Yeah, that's fun. And, and then I apparently the last one was a party guest. Yeah. Keeping it in the family. Very yeah. cool. <laughs> okay. Well, here, you already mentioned one change. How about we dive right into some more changes then? What are some things you noticed that were different from the Scrooge to Scrooged adaptation? The, the Peace Corps storyline. So in the script, it's that... Uh, they're yeah, supposed to be completely joining. yanked out of there, eh? Yeah, they're supposed to be going to the Peace Corps, and Claire goes, and Bill Murray, or sorry, Frank doesn't, and that's like h- how their relationship breaks up. But in this, it, there is no Peace Corps. Yes, Claire is still somebody who's very giving, and she volunteers her time and tries to make the world a better place. But the thing that breaks them up is that Frank wants to go to a dinner with his boss, and Claire says they can't go because they already promised their best friend that they would spend Christmas Eve with them. And I was like, for that to break up your relationship is interesting. (laughs) I'm sure that shocked me. I was like, that's not strong enough. The Peace Corps stuff was way stronger. The Peace Corps stuff was way stronger. That being said, you do get the impression that that she was kind of at a breaking point anyway, because she wanted to talk to him. Like, maybe we should take a break. And I don't think it was just this one thing. Like I think it's like the, he, he's been putting work ahead of her for a long time. This has been a pattern. Yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. For the most part, I noticed just like small changes. Like I think he made the character more vindictive in the film than it was in the script a bit. Like mm-hmm. when he's watching, when he, when he fires Bobcat's character. Elliot. Elliot, yeah. When he fires Elliot, he actually has like a telescope set up at his window that he goes over to and watches the drama of Elliot being fired or being kicked off the premises down below yeah. and, and just like reveling in it. Yeah, yeah, definitely more vindictive. Um, I would say that possibly a part of that, like that is a, a choice. And I guess he had to have the telescope brought into that scene because that wasn't written into the script either. So that's like a thought about well thought out um, change that he wanted to do. But one thing I know is that he was directed to be loud very often he, and he mm. didn't like that yeah so he's often like shouting if, if you rewatch it you'll see that he's like almost shouting in in every scene and you can see how that would also give that character like a more assholeish vibe than perhaps yeah, he was on the yeah. page that's fair i didn't mind the shouting in the film but i can definitely see how it would get on an, an actor's nerves if he's like that's the note he keeps getting and he doesn't feel that this character would need to do that necessarily i think as an actor you'd probably want to be able to convey the the menace and and vindictiveness of a character with subtlety rather than just being like i'm loud and so it's obviously i'm a bad guy yeah um another change yeah. i found this is so small but it has to relate with claire again is that in the film her number was dialed on the phone by an unseen ghost. Like you, there's a shot of the phone and her number is being dialed. Whereas in the script, he 
dials the operator and asks to be connected to Claire. So it's interesting that the agency was taken away from the character in that sense. It made him less active. Like, the ghosts are trying to bring him back together with Claire. He's not the one trying to bring himself back to Claire. Yes, it's true. And even when he goes to the shelter that she works at, Mm -hmm. he he goes in with the intention of just, like, proving that she's wrong. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't think he does that in the script. I think, like, he's, like, overcome by things. But in the film, he's like, like, no one is this good. This is all a lie. And I'm going to go there and prove that uh, you're just faking it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which seems... I mean, like, obviously, he's probably in denial, but it really feels like he just doesn't have, again, he like making it clear that he's not good for Claire, he doesn't have an idea of who Claire actually is. And, and doesn't allow her to really show him. Like, he just, every time he sees her, he just, like, talks at her. And she's just, like, silently kind of reacting to him. He even, like, comes in, and the first thing in the shelter that he does is he kisses her on the lips. Like, without saying mm. anything. And that's like, holy shit. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You're not yeah. giving this girl a chance to say anything. You know, it's funny. Like, I know you're you're going to play different characters each time, but uh, Karen Allen would have been famous at this time for Indiana Jones. And to go from Indiana Jones, like, one of, like, a very outspoken uh, female character at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think very strong at the time. I, I liked her. I preferred her a lot more in this, in the original Indiana Jones than in the the fourth one. Then to go from that and then to to this where she is just like completely passive, yeah, is is funny. Yeah. yeah, but like her smile, like the first scene of her, I was like instantly smitten. Like these big eyes and this <laughs> huge smile, I was like, oh my god, <laughs> she's Don't so like cute. It, yeah. She's so cute. Yeah, yeah, she leaves an impression. Yeah. One thing that I found interesting when I was like looking up trivia stuff was that before Bill Murray signed on, he requested that the script be reworked. And so a mm. quote from him, we tore up the script so badly that we had parts all over the lawn. There was a lot more I didn't like. To remake the story, we took the romantic element and built that up a little more. It existed in the script's original version, but we had to make more of it. The family scenes were kind of off, so we worked on that. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> You did not work on the romantic storyline enough. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine what the romantic storyline was before if they, if this is the reworked and and better version? Yeah, for real. Like Claire's just like silent on camera roll. <laughs> oh man, yeah. What could she have been doing? Right. So, so the fact that they that they went from the script to the film and they removed the Peace Corps element, then like. Was mm-hmm. that was the Peace Corps element something that he added in that was then removed by Richard Donner, or was that oh, yeah, just like so strange, eh? Yeah. The other change I wanted to bring up was the um, Ghost of Christmas Future, because in the script we talked about how he has like a whole bit, like him and Bill Murray talk to each other, and mm. then we follow him to the dressing room, and then he comes out and he does turn out to be the ghost. Um, whereas mm. originally Bill just thought he was an actor in the show. But yeah, in this he has zero lines and you don't see him in the dressing room. It's just like elevator to office. So they pulled yeah. that out completely. I wonder if they filmed that stuff and it just ended up on the cutting room floor. Because I definitely know, well, I don't know for sure, but I feel as if there are some parts in the movie where you can see that stuff was cut out. Like in the script, oh. the security guards 
when the first ghost shows up, Bill Murray calls the security guards and they have this big back and mm-hmm. forth. But mm-hmm. that doesn't happen in the movie. The only security guard scene you get is when Bill Murray is waiting at the elevator bay and he like has this glance with the security guards and they're all nervous. I right. guess they're afraid of him. Yeah. But like having yeah. that scene by itself doesn't really make sense because we already know that people are afraid of him. And so it doesn't add anything to the movie. So I think that that scene originally was the setup for the stuff that they would have filmed with the security guards. And then they just like, ooh, let's get it. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. I did find that, and this might have been in the script as well, that Herman dies so quickly after his introduction. Like, I felt, at least when I was reading it, but maybe I was off, that we get introduced to Herman and then it's a while before he passes. But in this, like, it's within, like... The, the same 10, 15 minutes, I, I feel like. You, you meet him at the shelter. Bill Murray gets uh, haunted by the ghost of Christmas present and Herman's dead. And yeah. Yeah, I felt like Herman should, yeah, like he was set up to be more, I think. Yeah, for sure. It might also have to do with the ordering of things. It seemed as mm-hmm. if like Grace's storyline in the script was kind of peppered throughout a little bit differently, mm-hmm. like divided throughout the script. Whereas in the film, it was like you just see this basically one scene of her and her family. So mm-hmm. possibly that cut up the stuff with Herman a little more. Definitely. I don't have any other changes. Do you have anything major you want to talk about about the changes? Just the last one was that in the script, the Frank's cremation is not there. So that's something that they added in the movie where James and his wife, Wendy, are watching him die. And I was just wondering what the message of that was for, like, what is Frank supposed to get from that? Is he supposed to get that, like, if you follow this route, you're going to die young? Or is it that if you follow this route, you're going to die and only you're going to have only two loved ones there when you die? You know, it's funny because that is an original, like he was cremated in the film, but in the original story of Scrooge, you do go to his grave. So mm-hmm. it's kind of the same thing. I guess they're just trying to say that you'll, you will die unmourned for the most part. Right. In the film, it didn't seem like Bill Murray's character, Frank, was too upset about the number of people there, just about the fact that he was dead in general. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think it really lines up with what you were saying. Mm-hmm. Well, if we're done with differences, I did want to just like touch on some little t- like little tidbits about the actual film that, that I enjoyed that I, I guess I could have brought up earlier, but yeah, um, I just like the ghost of Christmas future. I did enjoy that uh, his scenes were kind of in some ways trying to do something through like television, uh, mm. which really reflects on Frank's character who is so obsessed with television. Mm-hmm. And then it was fun also to have some, I'm sure it was Jim Henson work or some people who had worked <laughs> with Jim Henson at some point with the ghosts uh, having like dead souls in his in his body. Yeah. And Bill Murray needing to do a double take. Yeah. So good. One part that didn't resonate with me as much as it did in the script, and I was disappointed about this, was the actual, uh, the moments with Calvin. Like the moment with Calvin was something that was really big for me in the script. I like I felt the emotion of it in the film. I felt like uh, maybe it was just the way it was acted by Bill Murray that there wasn't as much of an impact. Because I think Calvin was great, but I don't think yeah, I didn't I I didn't I don't know if I believed that Frank cared that Calvin was uh, that had had this life or couldn't talk. Yeah, it really didn't seem like it. Like the only time it seemed that he showed emotion. It was weird. He showed emotion in the first like trip to the past when he sees his mother and his father. 
like he cries there and otherwise that's like really the only time he's like vulnerable which is weird that it happens so early on and then it doesn't so much happen again yeah. but yeah yeah, yeah I, I've expected him to be that way with Calvin too and it, yeah you're right the performance there the tracking of that wasn't great as great as it was in the script yeah and then my last little bit uh, just some uh, little info facts for people they referenced the Berlin Wall they're going to shoot at the Berlin Wall the Berlin Wall came down one year to the month after this film was released it came, mm. the film was released in November and then the, the following year the Berlin Wall came down wild so uh, some history Oh, yeah. Do you have anything else you wanted to talk about? Yeah, I'll rifle off just my few little tidbits that are fun. Um, I did bring up the Dickens line that I thought was like milked in the script portion. And I said it like it was so much for like a silly joke. Uh, But Mm. in the film, I feel as if like Bill Murray possibly thought the same thing because he says it twice. And then he he's like the Dickens. Mm. (laughs) And then he's like, oh, nobody understands me. Like, exactly. Yes, that joke wasn't great, but you made it better by like doing Going it meta. Yeah. And then I loved that the Ghost of Christmas Past drives like a really old cab. And when it first appears, it appears to mm-hmm. like the present day version of the same cab. And I thought that that was just such a like small attention to detail thing that was really good. So props to set deck people. I love that his boss had like a bajillion cats in his apartment. <laughs> yeah. The script references two Persians, but he just has like 10 cats or something. I thought it was amazing. And then I thought that the ranting and raving of like Frank at the end could have been scripted better or should maybe right. have been scripted because it goes all over the place. Like the journey that he takes is just like a crazy person. And I and I get that at this point he might be a little crazy, but I think he's supposed to have like gone on a journey, is less crazy now, and understands like where he needs to go. But like two seconds yeah. before he professes his love to Claire on camera, he kisses a dancer like under the mistletoe. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, what? That's true. Yeah. <laughs> he has learned no lesson. I think in the original Scrooge. It's supposed to be like be nicer to people, but I yeah. guess maybe seize the day a bit. And like I feel like in this, it's maybe seize the day. Yeah, at least, seize the day, and he's the spirit of Christmas should be every day. The spirit of like giving and and being with your loved ones and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And which is yeah, like a good message, I guess. But <laughs> you're not really doing that right now. <laughs> it's and true. Like, it's Claire, true. They're watching at the shelter. They're watching a broadcast of all of this happening. So he, she sees him like kiss this dancer. <laughs> like, what is going maybe on? Maybe she left by then. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. Uh, but yeah, you're you're totally right. He is supposed to be like summing up a specific thing that everyone is supposed to get on board with. But he's he's ranting and going off in so many directions. Like no one would be like, yeah, I'm gonna follow this guy. This guy knows what he's talking about. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, like, on the other hand, Donald Trump, you know. <laughs> yeah. True. <laughs> he True. does that daily to weekly, and everyone seems to be on board. So. True. Um, and then uh, there was one line that he ad-libs at the end when he says, feed me Seymour. And I was like, I don't know what this means. And I had to look it up, and it's actually a line from Little Shop of Horrors. And he had a small part in that movie. So just yes. random, randomly brings that in. <laughs> 
It's true. And see, I knew, I knew because I, I'm a fan of Little Shop of Horrors and I knew that he was in it. I, I knew that this was a line for him. I just I had no idea why he would bring it up. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's, he's it's, like, I already know that this isn't going to be good. Go watch Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. You mentioned the music off the top, and mm-hmm. yeah, my last thing is just that I really loved when the Hallelujah music came in, when he gets back from the future. I, I It's like, Hallelujah! I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, um, and then I oh, yeah, also, yeah. I messed up in the script portion, because you wanted to talk about the final song, and in the script portion I said, it's Give a Little. It's very yeah. much a heart song. It's Put a Little Love in Your Heart. You know, and it's it's just a fun sing-along, and it was never a Christmas song before this movie, but this movie made it a, uh, a Christmas song for people, so. Yeah. Power of Christmas, Beck. The power of Christmas. Um, hey. And the, the stuff that he does over the credits is unsurprisingly all ad-libbed. Yeah, of course. I'm not surprised, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is a powerful improviser. That's where he, that's where he started out. Mm-hmm. He's a great actor. Yeah. Okay, Beck, let's get on to... I mean, unless you have anything else? No. Great. Let's get on to which one we liked better, the script or the film. Mm. Oh, man. I didn't have this ready, but I'm going to say that I liked the film. Obviously, yeah, I'm obviously going to say the film because of... Yeah. Because I get to see Bill Murray's performance, and I think he's hilarious. (laughs) And because of Grace. She's Grace. And special shout out to Bill Murray's eyeliner. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, very nice very nice i'm gonna go with you as well with the film i really like it's just, it's scrooge it's a classic for a lot of people a cult classic i'm surprised that people dislike this film i'm surprised that bill murray didn't like doing it mm-hmm. uh, but the the script had elements that i wish were in the film but i still still love these performances this this film in general yeah exactly oh and the one thing that I noticed this time that I never noticed before was that there's a person in the bone. I didn't know there was an actor in the bone that Frisbee gets. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in I the didn't past. Know that. Yeah. And yeah, it's like moving around and it like walks at one point. It's like, oh, shit. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Man, there, there would be a whole separate Scrooged film about him who did not become president. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's move on to the last segment of every episode of The Script is Better. What are we going to do next week? Next week, we're going to do another Christmas classic. It is The National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. To me, of all Christmas classics, this is the Christmas classic. It is the Christmas classic. I fully agree. (laughs) And so I think we have to have done this, right? Yes, we have to have done this. And I'm excited to read about all of the trivia as well once we get to the movie portion because I want to know what it was like working with Chevy Chase back then because I know recently people have not said great things so exciting yeah I think uh, a checkered past throughout most of mm. his career like I know, I know Bill Murray has not liked him from like day one oh, sure. of uh, like SNL and stuff okay I think Bill Murray can be fiery anyway, but uh, he probably had, like, none of the SNL cast really liked him after abandoning them after a year of SNL. Anyway, I don't know a whole lot, but it'll be fun to to read this. Yes. Yes. Let's go. Let's go. Jingle all the way. 